Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Our mission tonight, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before, and we're not referring to Miranda Street. We're talking science fiction, folks. With us is veteran Star Trek writer, science consultant, and writer-producer on the Orville, Andre Bormanis. We have beamed him up to answer our questions about writing science fiction. Plus, Paula announces an exciting new division of Poundstone Industries, Cat Toys. Find out if they are catnip for your feline. And listener mail. Is Mrs. Culpepper a damaged spirit who needs to be muzzled? The nobodies of the world speak up, and we are indeed listening. I'm Adam Felber, the Spock of this podcast starship, vainly trying to maintain some semblance of logical conversation. And now, please welcome the woman who reproduces irrelevancies as fast as tribbles reproduce themselves, Paula Poundstone. Welcome, Paula. That is a rousing start Uh, uh, from house band. An almighty racket from percussionist Eric Culver, our first ever, third time returning... House band. Oh, Eric, welcome. And tonight he's playing the electronic drum patty machine. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah, it's, Thank it's, you so much. All right. You know what? It made me feel energized. Did it? Unlike Dr. Scholl's, Dr. Scholl's uh, inserts that we tested their claims last week that they would make you feel uh, more energized and, and it would make you move more. It would make you move more, yeah. I asked my assistant, Wendell, to send them back. Because neither um, of us felt energized, nor did we move any more than we usually do. No, we tested the claim. Yeah. And so I wrote a note. Uh, it said, Dear Dr. Scholes, my partner and I tried these Dr. Scholes inserts. Neither of us felt more energized, and we did not move more. So I am returning them. And and Wendell, my assistant, he said, because he thinks they're great. So he's like, what do you mean? They, they didn't. We've had a podiatrist on our show here to tell us that they're not great. So well, I Wendell could... thought they were great. So, okay. we said, he's, so I said, no, my feet felt squished. And he said, well, did you take out the inserts from your own shoes? Yeah, the existing inserts. put them in? And I said, well, no. And he said, well, you were supposed to do that. I said, well, it didn't say it on the package. He said it said on the package that there was instructions inside. And I was like, oh. Wow. So I don't know if that invalidates our sending them back I to get say, my money well, back. Well, for one, I told you, I think it was after the show, that I always you know, buy shoes so that, that I can easily remove the inserts from. So well, I can put in yes, my Yes, but that orthotics. was a little late at that point. Right. But I didn't realize that you hadn't read directions and therefore hadn't taken- I didn't taken... read the directions. And then later I tried them again, but they wouldn't stick to my feet. Apparently you have to have shoes. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say both of those things are so, both of those things are, are indeed I don't true. know if the whole returning them for your money back thing, if they're gonna say, Well, you didn't do it properly. But the truth is, yeah. on the package, yeah. and you had the experience, you apparently did it properly. I did it correctly. I took out my existing prescription orthotics and put the Dr. Scholl's inserts in, and I felt neither energized nor prone to move more. Yeah. No, you I saw you. I you was, did not move I any more slothful. than normal. Yeah. 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 Uh I my kept usual. my eye on you the Whole time, right. and you so, and I were having about the same experience, except your f- shoes were tight, and we now know very, why. It was very; they yeah. were very tight. Yeah, now I do. Yeah, now it, I it, do you were essentially why. putting a hat on a hat. I wouldn't have thought of that way, but yeah. But that's what I that's guess, what you were doing. A hat on a yeah. hat. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I think but I think I we're justified because I know back. that I get the money back. Those I mean, were expensive. What do you mean you get the money back? I mean, back? you get I paid you, for you get the money back from yeah. mine. Boy, you sound like my legit. kids now. Yeah. Uh, so you get your oh, money back. Your that house. means I get it. Can I get a fraction of that money? Um, <laughs> well, you know, speaking of money, by the way, Adam. You have a new money-making idea. I have a brilliant money-making idea. I don't know why I didn't think of it a long time ago. What is you it? You know, my oh, my boss. I just uh-huh. hit myself in the head. I my saw that. boss from uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. Sent me thirty-five pounds of catnip, and I haven't Doug really Doug Berman. Yeah, I haven't really known what to do with the catnip. Thirty-five pounds. Yeah, which is more than any. We can't even use a pound of catnip. You would in need my lifetime. hundreds of cats to do. Well, need precisely. 35. So what I did was I doubled. Are you sure it was catnip? He lives in Northern California now. It's no, it was, it was, it was catnip. My okay. cats have been smoking it. So I, uh, I didn't know what to, so I, I double bagged 34 pounds of it, okay. double garbage bagged it and put it in our storage. And, um, Wendell, um, goes to the storage and he says the entire storage facility now it's full smells of stone like, cats. smells like the catnip. Neighborhood. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. And he said, eventually they're going to figure out that it's coming from our storage space. So I'm like, how do I get rid of this catnip? So... Okay. I came up with this brilliant idea of making cat toys. And not only am I going to make cat when toys. When life gives you catnip, make cat make toys. Make cat toys. So I'm going to make cat toys that um, each one has a, it's a rectangle pillow, right? On one side, there's a cat joke. Uh, in this case, it'll be, um, you know, cats are better than furniture anyways. Okay. And on the other side, he wait for it. I can customize it to each individual's cat. What do you mean, customize it to each? I can individual? write a note to someone's cat. So it's going to be printed on one side, right? A cat joke, right? And on the other side, right. a custom message from Paula Poundstone, precisely. So it'll cat. say, "Dear Fluffy, uh, you know, Dave asked me to ask you to stop uh, peeing on the couch." Stuff like that. Yeah. And you're just going to write it, handwrite it in there. I'm going to handwrite it in Paula there. Paula Poundstone. Well, if this takes off, you're going to get very tired, but uh, I it's don't think you're going <laughs> to... Well, oh, it's going to uh, take off. Maybe. And there's going to be a grommet uh, in it. A so grommet. The, a grommet. So that's a technical term. I can, you, so you could tie a string in it and drag it around if you want, because cats love that. They do love that. Yeah. So does, does there, it, does, that's going to be... That's great. You know, I've always felt a little morally weird about cat toys with catnip, because it feels like it's what? less of a toy and more like a... Like drug paraphernalia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I, if it was an injectable, I'd feel different about it. Right. But it's not. Yeah. If, you know, you're, if not, could... you're not distilling this down to a, re- a resin. And, no, I'm and, not, it's no. not, uh, you know, breaking okay. cat. I wonder if you could uh, do that. <laughs> I wonder if you could, could make, you the, make the, cat a equi- yeah. the cat equivalent of the blue. If you thought about it a lot, I'll bet you, I'll bet you was could. Was it the blue diamond, the blue steel? The, what was the name of the... Um, of the blue, the I can't the blue remember. meth from I Dragon forget. Bad. It was called the blue meth. Oh, it was called the blue meth. Yeah, it was called the blue meth. Okay. Um, and by the way, 
I have to tell you something about that. Sleeping right at my feet right now is my dog, Mo, yes. who's a, a, a large puppy. She's eight months old. She's big. Seemingly weighs about 70 pounds already. So last night, I am now telling you of a new infestation of the week. Last night, I was working on my computer with my knees up in my bed, you know, leaning, which I should have learned a long time ago not to do because of the times where I've shut the lid and caught my nipples in it. But that's how I was working. <laughs> You, and you, you have a unique ability to, to take on nipular in, injuries. I've never heard that word, nipular. But, uh, all right, so I was working, and I felt something on my leg. And, if, and then I thought, nah, it's not. Here, nipples and that then off. What? it was a palmetto bug, a giant roach. A oh! giant roach on my leg while oh! I'm in bed. And so ah. I screamed, and I flicked it. And then I don't know where it went. So now I'm like, well, I well, can't possibly go to sleep because I'm not sleeping until that bug has been apprehended. Yes. And so I'm looking and looking, and then Mo jumps up and started looking. Where she are we going with this? The, the, the large, it's infestation of the week. She oh. tracked the large, <laughs> uh, she tracked the large roach, and, and, and I was going to take it outside. I don't like to kill things, but I was going to take it outside. But then it was like, you know, it was under a, a shelf and I flicked it out of there. It was either squash or, or, or lose. Three times. I flicked it out of one place. It ran in another. She tracked it again. Three so times she's it tracked, happened. She's hunting roaches. She's an amazing roach hunter, which remember we had the lady on who told us about eating bugs. Yes. Like, I don't know if this is one of the edible ones, but let me tell you, this would have been Thanksgiving dinner. This is a huge- It's a big bug. Huge bug. No, she was pretty clear that, that roaches are not among those bugs oh, that I you want to uh, eat. Damn it. Because, because otherwise, the, me and Mo, uh, I have another money-making enterprise, oh, which is you really I have a don't. dog that can track roaches. I have Suddenly a roach the cat toy tracking. business sounds like a sound idea. <laughs> it is a sound- I'm going to make a lot of money well, What are you that- going to call them? What's the-, what's the um- I don't have a name for it, for heaven's sakes. Wow, that's kind of half the battle when it comes to animal novelties. Really? Yeah, you need a no, good name. No, that's not true. Yeah, it has to look right and it has really? to have a funny name. Like, no. Be like, Poundstone's Pussy. No. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get alliterative? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's part of the Trump campaign. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, no, no. So it's not going to be Poundstone's Pussy Pillows. I'm probably going to stay away from Poundstone's Pussy Pillows. Uh, no, it's got a ring to it. <laughs> it does have a ring to it, and I, I will I will tell you that it is currently the best you've got. Well, yeah, but I'm going to give it some thought <laughs> okay, because I thought. think We're you're going to find Adam that when I put my mind to something, yes, I really come up with some stuff. For example, you come up with a lot of stuff. I like, did you come up with a word this week? I do have a word this week. The word is probity. Probity. Which means moral, it's a noun mm-hmm. uh, that means moral excellence, integrity. Yeah. Here I'll use it in a sentence. Our president lacks probity. We, the voters, deserve the truth. I wow. added that other sentence. That's really nice. Yeah. So I'm Do using... all the voters deserve the truth? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that you know, that's the thing. Just tell us the truth. Okay. And then we'll do with it, right? Then you can make a decision. We deserve the truth. That's we de- the, right, we that's do the, the least truth. we can ask it is. from our leadership. But Probity. we as voters, by the way, have also, because I think one of, the, one of the things that makes the, the, the elected officials uh, try to manipulate us is that when we hear the truth sometimes, we so dislike it that we blame the messenger. Um, yes, and so and I question think, yes. Yeah, so I think we have to give that idea up. But yeah, uh, probity, moral excellence. All right, now, um, 
How's it coming with that with that song to help you remember all the vocabulary words that you forget? Uh, yeah. Now, if you remember, we asked our listeners. Key. Tony, you need a whole. Have any of our listeners submitted songs yet? I think oh, that I think that episode sons, just dropped. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So for me, I don't know about you listeners, but for me. From week to week, I forget the last week's vocabulary. Uh, vocabulary You've word. hung on to a few very colorful ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know. Um, stickle. Stickle, uh, which is like arguing over something unimportant. Calumny, because uh, Mrs. I forgot, uh, Culpepper I, she says, says calumny, calumny but I honestly have forgotten what it means. So your hand puppet says it, but you, Paula Poundstone, don't know what it means. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct, Adam Thelma. Well, welcome, Mrs. Culpepper. I, I, I cannot remember the meaning of calumny, but I'm certain one has happened. <laughs> well, you have I'm used- certainly, a, a calumny has occurred. Uh, I know solecism. Solicism, uh, which, which is, is a uh, social faux pas. That's right, Mrs. Culpepper. Everybody, this is Mrs. Culpepper, our strangely denuded Southern Gentry puppet. Uh, I'm not denuded, Adam Philbert. I'm wearing right now a, a beautiful red sateen dress. Well, I'm sure your husband, Captain Culpepper, loves that dress. He loves. Uh, well, uh, no, uh, he did. He did. Oh, love, he, he doesn't like it anymore. Uh, no, he still he, he would. He has he, soured on your dress. Not at all. Were he here, he would love uh, my red sateen oh, dress. Is he the on sad, assignment? Is he stationed overseas? Uh, no, uh, Mr. Felber. The sad <laughs> truth is, Captain Cole Pepper is deceased. <gasps> no. That's, uh, tr- I'm sorry to say, uh, uh, he died uh, of. Uh, Triotoxism. Triotoxism. Uh, that, yes, that is, yes, that is that, correct. That, that you may have read that in the obituary. He passed away from triotoxism, which uh, is a poisoning from a dairy product. Or a, cheese. A cheese or a da- other dairy product, but cheese specifically. In, in the case of Captain Culpepper, it was cheese, you're saying? Yeah, it was cheese. Well, without wanting to drag you back into this painful memory, Mrs. Culpepper. It is Culpepper. a rather painful me- memory, <laughs> so that's we can, right. We can just leave it at that and let the listeners think that it was some anonymous cheese we'll never know. It was not an anonymous cheese. It was a particular cheese, a villainous cheese. It was the Gouda that got him. <laughs> Mrs. Culpepper. Um, so how's that song coming, Paul? I, I haven't really picked uh, 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 This week's word is probity It's a noun meaning integrity Last week's word was nugatory It's an adjective that means ineffective Yeah Yeah, I can see why we're reaching out to our listeners on this one This I mean, our... week's word is probity No, I, I heard it the first time It hasn't led to House me... band, house band This week's word is probity it's a noun meaning integrity. Last week's word was nugatory. It's an adjective that means ineffective. All right. Thank you, Eric. Um, I'm sorry that the listeners can't see the dance that goes with it. So if you're a listener who's maybe been uh, working on a second or third uh, theme song or a theme song contest, maybe put that pen down, pick up the pen that writes um, a better song than that to remind us of some of our vocabulary words. You can send that right ahead to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Better song? <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible. What, what Notionally possible. All right, coming up, Philip K. Dick wrote, if you think this universe is bad, you should see some of the others. We'll explore alternative universes and the rules of science fiction with Star Trek writer Andre Barmanis when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. 
With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, and that is so important for me, you'll have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. There's something for everyone from family recipes. I don't know what wouldn't be a family recipe. I mean, would there be a recipe that you made and some family member came in? No, daughter, don't touch it. I think they're all family recipes. Family recipes to calorie smart Mm -hmm. and vegetarian and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. Now, because I do have a family living in my home, I happen to know what the family designation of HelloFresh is. And it's you get if you choose the family plan, as it were, you get twice the number of ingredients that you get on a regular plan. Well, that's it essentially doubles the recipe. Family. It wouldn't feed the Waltons. No. It Uh would not feed the wall. Yeah. So if you are out there. The younger listeners won't understand this, but Jim, Bob, Elizabeth, Aaron, and perhaps Mary Ellen wouldn't get anything at all. Because they were a big family. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes, that's true, Paula Poundstone. Me and my daughters uh, made uh, one of the vegetarian meals just the other night. I forget what it was called, but it had mushrooms and uh, and, uh, a a creamy sauce. A creamy sauce. uh, It was delicious. Uh, Well, we got a a box this week, and we had a, a chicken dish that was a really simple... Parmesan crusted chicken. It was really, really delicious. Um, and we had a. Co- so you put the Parmesan on the chicken, it, it's, or they it's had a bread, found it's a Parmesan a chicken. What they found a chicken at a chickenery. I think they actually dropped a big wheel of Parmesan on a chicken. <laughs> the poor thing died, just, and you had to make lemons out yeah, of little, you I know. Just, well, I can, I can understand that. Yes, that's. I wonder if that's technically triotoxism. It was some form of triotoxism that the chicken died of, and as opposed to letting the chicken die in vain, they no. made the chicken parmesan. Is that what it was? Chicken? No, it was, chicken. It was parmesan crusted chicken. Parmesan crusted chicken. Yeah, I'm almost certain that being um, conked on the head with a wheel of cheese does not count as triotoxism, Mrs. Culpepper. Yeah, uh, I, I can't speak to that. Because <laughs> the captain, it didn't happen for him that way. Oh, no. He uh, ate it. Uh, the captain ingested the Gouda. Yeah, that's the traditional means of uh, acquiring paradoxism. Yes. Yes, it is. Anyway, you can add meals to your weekly orders as well as uh, yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. That's new. Cookie dough? Co- you could, you, yeah, you, you could, could add, add on cookie dough to you your could, chicken parmesan? No, no, no. You could, say, you could say on any given week, you'd say, you know what? I'd like some cookies. Hey, HelloFresh. Would you send some so cookie dough? So you have dough? open communication with HelloFresh throughout the relationship. Yes, they have a website, which is them. all the rage nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a website. <laughs> oh, we should. Anyway, for a limited time only, get nine free meals with HelloFresh. Wow, that's a great deal. It's an upgrade on our, on our, our last deal with HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone9 and enter Poundstone9 as your code. That's nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh slash Poundstone 9 and entering Poundstone 9. Entering Poundstone 9. Yeah, yeah, you know what? If you were thinking of doing HelloFresh anyways, yeah. do it with our code because that way there, it helps keep us on the air as well. Yeah. So you can have the fun meal because it is fun. It's fun to make. And, it's, and as we said, it's pre-measured, so it's really easy and it comes out great every time. Any idiot can do it if it's pre-measured. Yeah. In fact, the hardest part will be going to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone 9 and entering the code Poundstone 9 because let's face it, it's a rough last name to spell. Oh, pound stone? Yeah. Well, it's pound and then stone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Miss Culpepper. Easier than I thought. 
Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes you know when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff it's really not that technical you know uh no matter what way you sleep they have a mattress that will support and comfort you how hard is that uh, you know when you say it that way it seems a lot simpler i take it back that's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our 
class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Space drums. How very appropriate to this moment, Paula, because um, you had a kind of a sci-fi experience. I just, I went to the doctor the other day to the urgent care, and when the nurse took my temperature, it was like a thing from Star Trek. It was like they touched my forehead with a gizmo, Yeah, and then they were like... Uh, and then oh, you, yeah. they knew your temperature. Yeah, it was amazing. That is amazing. Um, and it's very, it's absolutely bones. It's straight out of it's straight the, out of the old know, Star Trek. I have a the device, original Star Trek. I have a device Trek. at my home. There have been many Star Treks, but it was from the first the one. First Star Trek. I have a device at my home where you don't even have to touch the person's head. Well, that's just silly. You, it's like a little wand. It's made by that a company that has advertised with us, Withings. Huh? That, you know what though? That makes me uncomfortable because then you can be taking people's temperatures without them knowing. That's, that's a, the point. That's if you have kids breach. and they're sleeping and there may be maybe that's a, No, that's a breach of privacy. Like, I don't want <laughs> just a stranger walking down the street taking my temperature. 
because I just—it's it's my own private information. All right, all right. That's uh, still don't think it's that possible to do that, but I, you know, I guess with thermal imaging, maybe you could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thermal we, imaging. We, we have somebody who could talk about all of that. Thank um, goodness. Yeah. Because the question is, are we living in a science fiction world? Our next guest here has lived in the worlds of science and fiction for decades. Andre Bormanis is a writer and co-executive producer of The Orville, and for over a dozen years he worked as a writer and science consultant for the Star Trek franchise. He's been awarded a NASA Space Grant Fellowship, has a master's degree in science, technology, and public policy from George Washington University. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Andre Bormanis. Thank you so much. Welcome aboard. Thanks. It's great to be here. <laughs> It's great. You're actually the science officer on a, on a science fi sh show. I, I guess that would be correct. The yeah. science officer. Yeah. I didn't realize there was such a, a category. There is such a thing. Uh, science officer. Yeah. Huh. Well, tell us how you got the job in the first place. Go back all the way to the, you're on The Next Generation, right? I was on the final season of Star Trek The Next Generation as their science consultant. Uh, the guy who had been doing the job, Narain Shankar, who's a, also a physicist, he got promoted to the writing staff, and they were looking. Wait a minute, Shankar? That's the yeah. guy who played the, the. That's Ravi Shankar. That's Ravi. Oh, I think they okay. might, they might be. Is that the guy that played with the Beatles? No, <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Norwegian yeah. Wood guy, yeah. wasn't it? Different. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Did he play on Norwegian Wood? I, I think, think so. so. The sitar. Yeah. yeah, the sitar. Yeah, I was never yeah. a big fan of the sitar, but okay. you know, I don't want that to take away from the guy that you worked with. No, he, he, I thought George played on Norwegian Wood. I can't time. swear to that. Okay. All right, I interrupted. Anyway, I apologize. That's all right. no. uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I was interested in trying to write for Star Trek. I'd written a spec script. I was hoping to try to get a meeting to go pitch some stories when I found out that, hey, they're looking for a new science consultant, and they want somebody who has both a real science background. Which you did. Which I did, yeah. The Masters. Well, that, and yeah, I studied physics and astronomy as an undergraduate and did some grad work in astrophysics wow. and oh, wow. some computer science stuff. I was casting around for a while there to try to figure out what I really wanted to do. Right. I knew I liked being at sort of that intersection of art and science. I was always... I was always a great reader growing up. I read a lot of science fiction. I loved the original Star Trek. I loved sure. Carl Sagan. And so one thing kind of led to another, and I found myself um, being given the opportunity to be the science consultant on that final season of Star Trek The Next Generation. A lot of stuff with the Borg in that season. A lot of stuff with the Borg. Pretty I, scary. I, I'm sort of surprised that they have a science consultant, yeah. let alone a science officer. Yes. Because, uh, you, you know, I was married to an officer. Um, because <laughs> Yes, Mrs. Culpepper um, was married to an officer. It's yeah. science fiction. Yes. So why, why, given that it's science fiction, does anybody care? This goes, this goes way back to the original series that Gene Roddenberry created in uh -huh. 1964. Gene was a TV writer who had a very colorful history. He was a bomber pilot in World War II. He was an L.A. motorcycle cop. He started writing cop show scripts. He managed to sell a couple of scripts, and he got to be a writer. And he, uh, you know, was very excited by the space program, what was happening in the 60s with Mercury and Gemini and Apollo and sure. the moon race. And, and he thought, you know, there's a place on television for adult science fiction, someplace where I can tell really interesting adult stories that I probably can't get away with on, you know, a traditional Western or some police procedural. Sure, but how did he feel about the accuracy of the science? He said that, I want this show to be watched by adults. And the only way that they're going to buy for that hour that they're sitting in front of the TV, that they're on a starship traveling hundreds of light years from the Earth, if it's, if it's a believable ship, it has to be believable. So he met with engineers from JPL and the Rand Corporation, all these scientists. He had them over to the house. 
And he basically picked their brains and said, you know, how could we build a ship someday that could travel not just from here to the moon, but to an another star system? And we got to do it every week. Oh, well, you're not going to be able to do chemical rockets. You're going to have to do this, that, and the other. And he really thought it through. Wow. So that See, you know, the audience would, would believe that, hey, this could be real someday. Okay, but right off the bat, you can't walk around in a spaceship because there's no gravity, right? So you invent well, artificial gravity. You got to have artificial gravity. But is that a thing? It's a thing in the sense that if you can warp space with a warp drive, you can manipulate gravity, so you can create artificial gravity. Yeah, that's kind of an if there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big if, but it's theoretically possible. Okay. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and do doors go... <laughs> now, to me, that doesn't seem implausible at all. In the vacuum of space, you would not oh, hear that. But yeah. on the ship, they have uh, an atmosphere, so you can hear the shoop. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think we have the technology to build one of those right now. Yeah, yeah. That, do you think a science well, consultant helped them with that? I think they probably did. Yeah. And you Originally, know, they were going to have it go, eh. And go, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. They... they they didn't have the technology to build sliding doors that opened that quickly, so there were two guys with ropes standing on, you know, standing on the set who pulled the doors apart where Kirk, when Kirk or Spock or whatever would have to walk through. Now, was that wow. true when you were doing Next Generation? Or uh, had they perfected door it, sliding technology? No, we did open them manually on Next Generation. Wow. Yeah. How about nowadays on the Orville? On the Orville... Yeah, we open them manually. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I should be admitting this, because it's oh, the no. 21st century. You'd think things have uh, advanced. Yeah. No. Wow. We still don't have a how many, door. How many times has it happened that they didn't do it in time, and they smacked into the door? <laughs> More than a few. Yeah, More than I'll a bet few. you. Yeah, right. yeah. Of, Captain Kirk was always of, leaving in a huff. A lot of yeah, blooper right. reel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How many times was uh, um, William Shatner not senseless he because the door guy didn't the door open it? it didn't open it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, you know, was, every was... now and then, if you look carefully at some of the old episodes, you can see um, a hole where Kirk's nose is, <laughs> and it's right in the panel of yeah, that man. door. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many guys got fired for that. Yeah, Probably that would that would be a quick way to lose a job. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, now, do they write the episode and then you make your suggestions, or they do, do they talk to you first? It's a little of both. Sometimes they 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 were pretty confident about the story that they were developing and they said oh you know we'll have andre figure out you know the t terminology what we love the nuts call, and bolts yeah, yeah the techno babble after right. we write the first draft of the script uh -huh. other times writers would call me and say hey you know i'm working on this script for deep space nine and a comet plays a really major role in this story and it's so like, what's a comet yeah what's a comet how big are <laughs> they what are they made of how fast do they move when do they form the big tail and right so then you know, we'd spend an hour or so talking on the phone about comets now and you then, still do that but you're also yeah. a full-fledged writer on on, on uh -huh. shows nowadays like yes. on the orville you have your own episodes pres yeah. presumably and you're the science consultant yes. right so yeah, is know. there a point at which you just get exasperated by these writers you're like look i'm a writer too i got a lot of work to do i'm exhausted google it <laughs> Have I've never said that? that to Seth. I've never said that to Seth. Oh, Seth McFarlane, the yes. star yeah. and creator. and Star creator, and director, writer head writer. Of and, the Orville, and, yeah. and all things, yes. All Are things you, Orville. Can you give me an example of something that you suggested or corrected? Yeah, or? what was the last thing you scienced up? <laughs> um, well, gosh, I, you know, I... I I definitely help out on on that end on the Orville and you know, all of the shows that I've done that had a you know a science component. Yeah, I help out. It's kind of like you know on, but something on, specific that you did recently. Yeah, what did I do recently? Um, can't divulge anything about the new season. Okay, let's go oh, back yeah. a bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Previous season. If or even we go back, okay, we did an episode in season. Wait a minute, we're going back. You know what that means? Doodle -doo -doodle -doo -doodle -doodle -doodle. <laughs> 
Scientifically, it's yeah. proven that that's, that's the uh, music that, is, that accompanies yeah. actual time travel. That is the sound travel. that happens when you yeah. travel in time. Well, in, in the first season, we had an episode, uh, Charlize uh, Theron guest starred, and we had to come up with a scenario that she was in some desperate trouble. And I she had to be rescued. Where she was an Orville fan. <laughs> <laughs> she loves the Orville. I'm sure she does. Um, but at any rate. Um, um, Doesn't she have really big teeth? She has pretty big teeth. Yeah. Was Beautiful that, smile. Is that part of I heard that's what, why she constantly has to gnaw stuff because they, they, they keep growing. Is so that, she's constantly is that gnawing part of what the, the, when you said we, when Wait, you no, said we squirrels. had to come up with something, yes. I thought that's what you, we had to come up with something that, you know, an episode that, that revolved around her, her large teeth. <laughs> No, I, we haven't let you, we haven't let you get any near anywhere near well, this story okay. yet. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just keep interrupting. I apologize as well. We we were trying to figure out what's a good Jeopardy situation that has kind of a ticking clock, and we've got to rescue her. And we find out in the episode that it's all a setup that she was, you know, deceiving us in this whole thing. But okay. I thought, oh hey, sun diving comets. Sun diving, sun diving, sun comets. diving comets. Yes, you, you thought of that? that's, that's plunging into the no, sun. No, I didn't. I, yes, I didn't think of it. I'm aware of the fact that this happens, and it happens a lot. And NASA has this solar heliospheric observatory high in, in orbit, watching you the sun all the time. You don't have to tell me that. Yeah, well. <laughs> but there but are sun diving comets. Every few weeks, no, every few NASA weeks, has a solely yeah. solo solar heliophysics helio- uh, yes. physics yeah. observing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, solar helio. Soho. Soho. Soho Helio. Solar Heliophysics. Heliophysics. He doesn't even know what it is. I can't say it either. (laughs) Right, right, right. It's something like that. But NASA has one. But every few weeks, they catch a comet crashing into the sun. Well, the sun has a lot of gravity. pretty regularly. The sun is the most powerful source of gravity in our solar system. Oh, I didn't know that. There are millions and millions of comets out there. They go crashing in there pretty regularly. So I said, hey, let's put her on her spaceship. She's stuck on a comet, and that comet is about to dive into a star. Okay, great. And so you got to fight the gravity. You got to rescue her before she burns up, and you know. And so that was a nice little. But it was a trick. Turned out it was a trick. Turns out it was spoilers. A trick. Yeah, but oh, we did all of the science right. You yeah. know, the size of the comet, the distance, the rate mm-hmm. of acceleration, and all that stuff. You Can know, a big we... enough comet put out the sun? Put out the sun? Yeah. No. It's made of ice, right? I mean, or the comets. Made of ice, yeah. Comets are made of rocks and ice. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but they that tend to be, be tiny. Really big comet. Comets tend to be a few miles in diameter. The nuclear. I'm pitching you a story for the Oracle. No, I feel, okay. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for your mother yeah. right now, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time you're growing up, you know, I can't go to sleep. What's wrong, honey? Yeah. Could a big enough comet put out the sun? I, I want to tell you, I was doing that. Constantly as a kid. In I fact, when I found did. out when I found out about the the soft spot on a baby's head before their skull comes you together, you kept wanting to poke it. I asked if a baby had ever killed itself by poking it. <laughs> wow. I yeah. Why that. am I not surprised? Yeah. He also <laughs> insisted on being dyed blue because he liked the Smurfs. That's not true at all. That is absolutely true. <laughs> that is yeah. that is not if even. I, if not... I'm a Smurf, do I have less chance of being hit by a comet? That was one of the things. <laughs> really not. To say to his Let's mother. move on. You wanted to talk about time travel, Paula. Ah. Time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's very confusing, yes. time travel. Is there science involved in time travel? There is some science involved in time travel. There is... Um, so you tell them stuff like it's talk tick, talk tick, talk tick. Talk tick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when you're going backwards. Like yes, yeah, you're yeah. going backwards. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that was traveling backwards I, I, in time. I, I, I yes. get it. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't know why that wouldn't be Kitcot, but okay. Oh, Kitcot. Uh, oh, because I didn't I think see. of it. Okay. I, I think you. Kitcot would be right. There are some physicists who think that travel into the past might be possible depending on the kind of universe we live in. In a multiple in. worlds model? No, of... it's not a multiple worlds model. It depends on whether the universe as a whole is rotating and creating something called closed time-like curves. It would be a really hard thing to do. But there's another method that would involve technology 
that we don't have yet, but some other alien civilization might have. You've heard of wormholes, shortcuts sure. through space. I don't space. know what wormholes are. A wormhole I is had a basically big fucking palmetto bug in my house last night. <laughs> I heard. Unrelated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's not the same. No, okay. Not the same. What are wormholes? Well, basically, it's an extremely curved region of space time that creates a shortcut between two widely separated regions in space. Is that a real thing? It's yeah. a real thing. Wow. And uh, we don't know of is any. Is it like in Clue when you're in the library and it's diagonally across yes. from the other place and then you can just go there? It is exactly right, though. Wow. And like that. And the reason that we Clue think Clue does that, have this weird yeah. wormhole situation going yeah, on. Right? Yeah, it does. Well, we live in a four-dimensional universe, four spatial dimensions. The yeah. fourth being... So, okay. With, with the fourth being at a right angle to the other three. Okay. Which is an impossible thing to visualize. But I'm not visualizing, visualizing it. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. That's not what I'm visualizing, visualizing but right we know, now. But we know the universe is expanding. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. You didn't? Who says yeah. that? Einstein. Everybody. And Hubble. Edwin Hubble proved it. Edwin it's, Hubble? It's the Big Bang Mount, Theory. Right up here at Mount Wilson. Yeah. I didn't know any of yeah. this. In the you 1930s. Heard of the this is all news to me. Yeah. You heard about the Big Bang Theory, didn't you? Yeah. I'd know the television show, but no. <laughs> okay. Can you do anything with the Waltons? I loved that show. I, I kissed I one of the Walton girls this once. Back to you Paula. Kissed, I kissed one of the Walton girls? I think it was girls? Aaron, yeah. At a party. What do you mean you think it was Aaron? <laughs> I can't do you remember saying to her, I think you're Aaron? No, I think... It was like 25 that years ago. so romantic it when you're making out with somebody ago. and you go, I think you're Aaron. <laughs> you're definitely one of the Waltons. Is, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're Aaron. I hope you're not Jim Bob. <laughs> that. I'm going to call you Aaron anyway, okay? <laughs> Boy, you really. All right, so let's. Uh, let's, um, let's you didn't uh, even have to tell her about your background in writing and <laughs> science fiction. Let's A come on link like that. Let's get past your, your sexual con uh, conquest <laughs> with the Walton family yeah. and uh, move back to time travel. Yes. Okay, so That's wormholes. the only time that's ever been said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a wormhole. I do. Let's say you got a wormhole. That how, much, how much do you want for it? Uh, $50. No. <laughs> okay. um, so you get a wormhole. You get a wormhole, yeah. right? It's a shortcut between two widely... You know, of course, separated points in from space. the conservatory yeah. to the to now. The drawing room. If you make one of these things artificially, and you take one end of it, and you take that one end, and you accelerate it to the near the speed of light, yeah. So you, you take it out, it out, you stretch it out. Okay. Say you stretched it out a thousand light years. Why not? And then you turned around and you brought it back that thousand light years, also traveling near the speed of light. Well, that part of the wormhole, that that end that you took on that long journey, yeah. It would exist permanently 2,000 years in the past of the other end. So by traveling through the stationary end into the other one, you would travel 2,000 years into the past. Do, wow. I, do, do you know why I'm nodding my head right now? Because uh, I am a total fucking phony. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you say that? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, but I'm so nodding my head like, there uh -huh, is a lot of, But here's uh -huh. some stuff that's going to yeah. happen. Is, yeah. is that... Um, why would you do any of that? First, why would you do any of that? Yes. Second... Uh, so you've got you've got two doors now in front yes. of you. Uh, one comes out two thousand years yes. ahead of the and yeah, behind. Yeah. And would you pull the ropes to open these doors? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have you to keep the them propped open yeah. with something called negative matter. There's something called negative yeah. matter. Well, what yes. happens if you go back in time two thousand yes. years like you do in every My assistant yeah. creates it. and kill the guy who invented that drive? Well, you can't do that because. You can never go back farther into the past than the point at which you created that wormhole. 
Oh. Yeah, so they're but suppose oh, some alien civilization some sort of rule. It's a that. rule. Yeah. But suppose some alien civilization made all of these wormholes throughout our galaxy. Oh, yeah. You ago. think they have millions haven't? of years ago. Well, yeah. maybe. maybe. So they is did. it possible that none of this shit matters that we're doing now? <laughs> well, <laughs> Could I mean, is it possible <laughs> that because one of my least favorite things about doing the podcast is, you yeah. know, I bring all the snacks. I have to yeah. bring my dog. I have right. to bring a dog, a bag full of dog. This feels toys. like a detour right here. I have, no, it's not. I have to bring like a notebook. I have to bring the, uh, 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 what else? A soda bag. Or, uh, my least favorite thing is when I get back at the end of the night, after all the fun is over, I have to load all that shit back in the house. I still have to sift litter boxes. I still have to feed the dogs and feed the cats. My point is, could I not do that? tonight and it wouldn't matter uh wouldn't matter to who <laughs> i mean because maybe this whole thing isn't even real this whole maybe we're in a wormhole uh, we're not in a wormhole oh well you know but we might be in a black hole the universe oh. itself might be a black might hole. exist inside a black hole because yeah because yeah. basically there is a horizon beyond which we cannot see in the universe okay regions of space that have, have expanded beyond uh our perspective and the speed of light is finite. So now you're moving that, into like a Cat Stevens that. song. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, that that light will never get to us. Okay. Because the universe has expanded so far out that that light will simply never reach us. And it's kind of like the event horizon boundary of a black hole. And some people think that there might Wait. be new universes created all the time in our universe that would be perceived by us as, as black, black holes. holes. Interesting. But we may ourselves live in a Let's get back to, to meat and potatoes time travel story. Those yes. are hard to write, aren't yes, they? Because they are. Because just from my amateur knowledge of this thing, I am a sci-fi fan, yeah. it seems like writing a, a time travel story is less about getting the science right than it is about hiding how it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> there is always a paradox. There is always something in, in those stories that that really kind of doesn't work. You know, there's the whole the whole notion that if, yeah, if you could travel back 100 years in time and for some strange reason you decide you're going to kill your grandfather, then how were you ever born to travel back 100 years in time? Well, precisely. Yeah. yeah. Causality paradoxes. And that's the big problem that people have with time travel stories. But one possibility, and this is you raised earlier, Adam, the, the idea of the multiverse, multiple universes, that maybe when you travel back in time, you're actually going to a different universe, very, very similar to yours, There's but slightly There's an indie sci-fi film called Primer that's fantastic yes. that does that. Yes, exactly. Okay, but here's a question along these lines having to do with time travel, which is, why does Back to the Future get worse with every sequel. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a question that is beyond my capabilities. Yeah, as a that's physicist a tough to answer. one. Yeah. It has something I'm to do with sure. a black hole and a worm. It probably does, yeah. Yeah, that's very confusing. Yeah. Now, are there are there sci-fi movies or TV shows that you've seen that, that, that rattle you because they're like, they got the science so wrong, I'm angry. I have to stop watching. Well, you know, not not necessarily. I tend to kind of turn off that part of my brain if I'm watching a movie like Armageddon. But you know, that movie was ridiculous on yeah, on a I mean, number I think of you've levels. Yeah, turned off your brain when yeah. you begin to watch a movie yeah, like Armageddon, I think so. haven't you? You already it's, made a pact. It's ridiculous, yeah. you know. And and so I just kind of like, well, maybe this has some amusing scenes. Maybe it's kind of funny. Who knows? Yeah. But Adam, it's like, no, that 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 stuff. It it bothers me because there are good movies to be made on that kind of a subject, you know, deflecting a comet that, you know, could pose a threat to the earth. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they but did, that's not it. They did. That's not it. Huh. Deep Impact was much closer. That, they, they did a pretty good job. they came out around the same time, didn't they? They did, yeah. 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 Adam uh, forced me to watch Pacific Rim. 
I didn't yeah, no. force you. It was it for was, the podcast. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. It was absolutely painful. I, I, I have not Rick seen that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Jesus, see it. Yeah. don't see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen uh, Geostorm and other things. That Geostorm are, yeah. is legitimately terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Explain to me this. When, okay. In the movie uh, The Martian. Yes. Right? Um, they had a science yeah. consultant on The Martian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Matt Damon... Uh, you know, goes through all this stuff, and they decide they're going to try to hook up with. You know, he, he makes the poop potatoes. Yeah. He makes the poop potatoes. He looks at himself in the mirror at one point. He's been on the. He's been there for like a year by yeah. himself or something. He looks at himself. His teeth are all yellow. His face is gaunt, and now he goes to connect with the commander, and he's got shiny white teeth. <laughs> what was that? Was it wormhole? This doesn't feel like a science question. That's a science question. How it's the hell did that science happen? science hygiene. I'm not sure. They did. I never saw the toothbrush. I never saw whatever yeah, toothbrush right. he, he must have He didn't have used. a toothbrush. Yeah. And then next thing you know, yeah. you, you know, pearly whites, yeah. full face, yeah. good-looking guy, all yeah. cleaned up, spiffy well, you know that, that That movie was, I thought, generally very good on, oh, yeah. the, on the technical side. My one objection to that is I thought that the... The, the spaceship that goes between Earth and Mars, not the one that he landed in, but right. that sort of transport ship. The one ship. with the conference table yeah, and all that. Much too big. They wouldn't, you would never build a, a ship that wastes that much interior volume. It, it, would, it would eat up so much fuel, so much, you know, oxygen. And so uh, that, so, that I found ridiculous. So you, you were okay with the method in which Matt Damon kind of like used a fire extinguisher to get himself back on the ship as it circled Mars, but the size of the yeah. conference room put you off. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a valid complaint. And yet you work on shows where they they have tons of room on these. Absolutely, but we also have, you know, uh, a lot of resources. faster than light travel. That's right. We have, in, you know, endless power So you're power not supplies. using the same kind of fuel. No, exactly. They got the dilithium not, crystals, you know. On Star oh. Trek, yes, we oh. use those. What, we do use you, dis- what do you use on, a, Dysonium, on, on the which, Dysonium, which is a term I came up with, actually. Dysonium? I can't Named remember. in honor of Freeman Dyson, a physicist who's oh, still alive. So, yeah. who is, is he the brilliant. guy who made the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> that's I not I love him, no. the vacuum cleaner. Well, it's not even it's, related. I use a Dyson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah boy, different. they suck. Uh, um... Oh. Okay, the uh, the um, Lost in Space. Yes, big. I'm a big fan of Lost. I love in the space. original. I, I, I make right. Misha watch it. The television show Lost yeah. in Space. Yeah, yeah. It was the first thing we watched on our new big screen television oh, because yeah. it was so appropriate. And uh, um, it? yo, it's a great show. Um, I was going to ask you a question about Lost in no. Space about how um, did it really happen? <laughs> what did they? What did they use? Deutronium. 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 Yes. Yeah. Deutronium. Oh my God! Do you remember the episode where um, Doctor Smith was uh, somehow giving the deutronium to these plants that kept growing? Yes. And, yes. and they, what they would do is they would replace things. Mm-hmm. So he had duplicates of yes. lots of things, and yeah, so he thought yeah. he was going to get back to Earth and be really rich because right. he could make all these things. And then Judy, the oldest daughter, went into the plant and got oh, reproduced, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But they didn't know that wasn't Judy. Right. So she goes back to the camp, and they're having dinner, and, and Judy's always really nice. And this she, is in no she, way going no, to end up as is, a science question. No, this is a science question. <laughs> no, it isn't. And, no, this is so great. This okay. is so great. I didn't know. Th- I've seen this episode a hundred times, and I've, I've seen 
seen this and, mode of questioning happening a hundred times on this I podcast. I didn't notice this until this the last time nowhere. I watched it. It's so brilliant. All right, so it's the repl- it's the duplicate Judy that's been made by this plant that ate the deuteronium that goes back to the camp. And, and June Lockhart is the mother, and they're all, of course, very, very sweet and nice. And she goes, and she goes, Judy, salad. And she goes, no. And then she goes, are you sure you don't want salad? She goes, I don't want any salad. And then I realized later it's because she's a plant. <laughs> yeah. Judy's a plant. And so she doesn't want to eat other plants. I love that. That was pretty brilliant. Yeah, yes. it was brilliant. And your question is? Um, do you think that's brilliant? Yes. <laughs> I really do. I fucking it's, do it. It's a great tell. You know, it's oh one of those God, great plot it points. So it, it is it a good piece of writing. It took me years to understand that. I didn't get yeah. it at all for years. And Judy always loved salad. I just, so right, exactly. You know there's something that's wrong. When, yeah. the, exactly. That's yeah. when the mother and the father yeah. knew that John and uh, Maureen knew yes. that that's when they stepped away from the table and talked privately. Let's something, step away from this table. Something's wrong <laughs> with Judy. So what, um, besides your yes. own invention. It's you as got, if you're not even worried about Judy. I'm not. Dysonium is yes. obviously your favorite because you yes. got you got to actually name the warp drive stuff in, yes. uh, in a show. So, but besides Dysonium, what's your favorite name oh, of, a, of a non-existent? Is it unobtainium? I like. Uh, unobtainium. What do you mean of a of a of, of, of a made up a, made up made uh, up uh, substance yes. like uh-huh, chemical uh-huh. or atomic or yeah. whatever? Uh, yeah, unobtainium is pretty fun. If Tritanium. You were to say Judy right now, I would love you, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite substance, yeah. Judy. Judy. Yeah, Judy. What's the substance? All right, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. Very What's right. your favorite substance? Uh, <laughs> well, I came up with something for an episode of Deep Space Nine that we needed some volatile chemical compound that was like a contact explosive sort of thing. Sure. And I wanted to make up. I made up a fictional name because I didn't want to use anything in the real world. Was that... it boom juice? Because that's <laughs> boom juice. Really not I, I all that technical. It, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> it was it was chemocyte. Chemocyte. Oh. And I got a call from an actor on the stage who had to say this, Max Grodenchek, who played one of the Ferengi guys. And he called me. He was all worried. He said, all right, Andre, I got, the, I got the script and I saw this word. Is it, word, is it, is it, is it chemocyte or is it chemocyte? And I thought, oh, it's chemocyte. And oh. it was just a made-up word. Yeah, he could have right. said it any Did way he wanted. Did you call him in afterwards and say, you said it wrong, you're fired? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. No, yeah. no. I, uh, chemocyte. But yeah. I wanted him to say chemocyte. Chemocyte sounded too much like chemical it to does, me. So yeah. It does, yeah. Chemocyte. Yeah. Chemocyte. Like chemocyte. So yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. really good. In fact, yeah. you know, I have some here. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> Explodes on contact. Is that what it does? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, does it? Very oh, volatile. boom juice. Yeah, boom juice. <laughs> Goddamn boom, boom juice. juice. Exactly. That's really just a street name for it. <laughs> I well, got some chemocyte here, but uh, my friend's called boom juice. <laughs> yeah, but for Get you, away from it. Get away from it. Don't touch it. <laughs> All right. Well, one last sciencey question. How about teleportation? How about Will it? Will it be possible? <laughs> Are we going to be able to beam, beam ourselves up? It seems unlikely. I would to say me. that that is the one technology that we've seen on Star Trek and in other science fiction that I would be willing to bet money will never happen. Yeah, it's wait at a least minute. not but the way that it's. But they also did it in Willy Wonka and The Fly. Yeah. Not well. Right. It's true. It's yeah. been done in a lot of different films and TV shows and movies, and and I just think that you know it's. The very idea of being torn apart atom by atom and turned into a plasma and then have you had some kids? other location. <laughs> I, I'm not, actually. Um, you're basically killing somebody and resurrecting them. Precisely. And I think it would be really painful, yeah. number yeah. one. And if you could resurrect them, why not just make two at the side? Yeah. Or three. Or, or make Wait, a young Judy. Two like 
Judy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I always wondered, you know, Scotty started to put on a lot of weight in the movies. Why yeah. couldn't they just program the transporter to like take off 20 pounds when he beamed up? When they reassembled yeah. him? Yeah. Well, if you have the technology, wouldn't you use it for that kind of purpose? I would wow. use it for yeah. weight loss. Are you I kidding? Would. Absolutely. I'd yeah. use it. I'd, I'd, I'd have, uh, uh, yeah, I'd have like half of these thighs I have right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, just, oh, I'd be. You'd be beaming be yourself a, all over I'd the place. I'd be a stick figure. <laughs> all right. And on that, Andre, thank you so much for beaming us to a new level of sci-fi technology. Paula, based on what you just heard, what advice can you give our listeners about science fiction? House band Eric Calvert, can we have a little percussion to back up what I've learned from Andre Bormanis? Nice. Andre was fantastic. What I've come to understand, however, is that as the universe expands, and it is expanding, it sucks the ability of some people to be able to understand wormholes and black holes and the speed of light. Those same victims can easily understand and are often attracted to the Lost in Space episode when Judy gets duplicated by a plant. Andre Bormanis is a writer and producer on the Orville and the author of Star Trek Science Logs. Thank you so much for being Thank on our you, show, Andre. Andre. You're great. It's fantastic. I love oh. that episode. When we come back, <laughs> we listen to you nobodies. You've written us, we'll respond. And we'll find out how Bonnie just fucked up again. <laughs> That's coming up right after this. <laughs> The cat of the week is Leonardo Di Flinci from Golden Valley, Minnesota. Okay, we're back now, Paula. Right before the break, I kind of teased that Bonnie Burns. You're, you're. Wait a minute. Is that bison still in here? Oh, the bison from last week. Isn't that? It yeah. is. It's right over there. Look at that. It was blending in. It was, yeah, it was hiding. It was trying, like, don't yeah. look at me. Yeah. I, no, there's no it's bison amazing here. amazing how something as big as a bison could make itself so unobtrusive. Well, it was sort of around the corner here. Yeah. Uh, but the bison is still in. That means this bison has been in the... Oh, my God. Well, that certainly explains the smell. Yeah. That bi- I feel so embarrassed that Andre was here. Right. And uh, we had bison smell. Uh, yeah. You'd think a science... I'm just, I, again, I'm impressed that the bison, uh, you know, maybe it's low self-esteem, but it managed to just be more or less invisible. Yeah. Well, really, you know... It, it, it's a small studio here. It's a very small... No, it was around the corner right there. It was yeah. over behind Eric. Eric, weren't you noticing that smell, the oh, bison yeah. smell? Yeah. Uh, Eric says he noticed the smell. Yeah. yeah that's oh. a... Well, the bison. Anthony Alfaro should stop bringing in animals, I think. Well, and if he does bring one in, he should bring it home afterwards. Yeah. Or put it back... You know, bison... Put it back wherever he's getting his black market animals. Uh, bison is like a buffalo, and apparently this is uh, the it's, home where he roams. Yeah, well, bison is was often misreferred to as a buffalo, and I think that's by whom by early uh, American settlers. Um, so that's why you've got that song, "Give me a home where the buffalo roam." They're talking right. about where the bison are roaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me a home where the if you want a home where the buffalo roam, roam you got to yeah. go to like Cambodia or something. No, I don't think they're in Cambodia. There's no Cambodia. There's Cambodian no, buffalo, there's no buffalo. water buffalo in Cambodia. I don't think so. I think there are. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, unless unless no. the unless the housing prices have gotten there too high. There was no <laughs> bison or buffalo in Cambodia. It is a French Trump. Oh, it's French Trump. <laughs> uh, 
No, you right. had a meltdown. You had a meltdown. I, I did not, Monsieur you President. Had a mel- Don't be a fool, Adam Felbert. Don't be a tough guy, Adam no, Felbert. For those of you who are just tuning in, and I don't know I why you captured would. captured ISIS. Um, moi, moi, I not no, Obama. No, you, you didn't. You didn't not capture Obama. them at all. Not I, moi, French no. Trump. I captured ISIS. Uh, now, for those of you who have been listening, bungalows. we seem to have contracted another hand puppet uh, over the last week or two, which is a uh, uh, French Trump. French Trump. Adam Felbert. Which makes less sense than Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> no, you had a meltdown. I did not have a meltdown. <laughs> I captured ISIS, not Obama. Not Obama. Moi, moi captured ISIS, not Obama. All right, um, I'll give you credit for it, French Trump, because I just don't know what else to do with you. I think you had him feel better. <laughs> you are my buddy. No, we're not buddies. <laughs> Adam Felbert, you are my bidet. No, I'm not your. I'm certainly not your bidet. Listen, French Trump, I happen to do a podcast with with the person whose arm you're at the end of. You, you do a podcast, a pod, a podcast. I love I how you captured as his nutubama. Moi, moi. Now, again, Monsieur President, why does it why does it take you like three oui. or four tries to perfect your accent in any given sentence? Uh, I'm le- this is just how I rule, Adam Felbert. <laughs> Okay. Adam <laughs> Felbert, you had a meltdown. You, not me. I did not have a meltdown. I'm definitely on the verge of one. I captured <laughs> as his moi, moi. Oh, yes. Well, uh, I didn't do it. It's okay to do it, and I will do it again. He did it. It is I, French Trump. <laughs> <laughs> nice categorical denial. Uh, uh, Mr. President, is Paula Wait. in there somewhere? Uh, yeah, Adam. Paula, um... <laughs> As I was uh, saying when we what started this. What can I this- do for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's Bubba Poundstone. <laughs> She's got a trucker it's, cap. It's Fred Mertz Poundstone. Oh, what my. can I do for you, honey bunch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I said, I teased before the break, which is now about a half an hour ago, yeah. um, that uh, we were going to explore TikTok. Bonnie Burns' latest um, uh, Time flies when you're having French Trump. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> In fact, it feels like the time-space continuum is being stretched out. <laughs> Don't be a fool. Don't be a tough guy, Adam Felbert. I'm not going to be a tough guy, French Trump. Um, we, we teased that Bonnie messed something up, and I want everybody to know that what Bonnie Burns, your manager and our producer, messed up was uh, not— A.K.A. Captain Crinkle. A.K.A. Captain Crinkle. What she did not mess up was the iTunes um, ringtone— of, she got it up of, there. Of your song, uh, Not My Butterfinger. Yeah, yes, that is yes. up there on iTunes. You can buy the ringtone. Not easy to do, but Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, got uh, available on iTunes now is the ringtone from Not My Butterfinger. Happened in the same year as the song came out. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that that was um, not no, what she Not did. only did she get it up in the same year as the song came out, she explained it. <laughs> Yeah. In the same year. It as took most came. of that year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Explanation. There was so many twists and turns to the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, at first those tracks were mislabeled. Yeah, first, first. <laughs> I encourage all our listeners to go back about four episodes. It's easy to spot on, on, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it's the episode that's uh, roughly four times as long as the other one. <laughs> And, and the reason for those extra three and a half hours were... Was the tracks were mislabeled. Was it? 
More or less. All right. Well, now we love hearing from all you nobodies out there, and you can e- email us anytime at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Go ahead. It won't wake us up. And um, some of you have even sent Paula some tangible physical items. Yes. We want to talk about that a little bit. Yes. We, uh, puppet maker Fran Roberts, who is also a seamstress and a fiber artist, uh, sent me a puppet of Mrs. Culpepper. Is this her, is this her right here? That's her right there. Wow, I, that's, I, 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 don't, I don't know that the lightness is spot on. I think it's beautiful. Elmo may have been her father, but she's <laughs> older than Elmo, which is weird. Uh, still, Mrs. Culpepper was so flattered. I teared up just a little bit when I saw the likeness of myself done by Fran Roberts. Uh, oh, so, so, so it was an emotional moment for you. It was very emotional. Uh, yeah, very, very those of you who, I teared up, Adam Felber. I teared up. Out of where? Uh, out, out of my eyes. My eyes, Adam Felber. Look into my eyes. I, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> and now we have another uh, another likeness of Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, another likeness? Uh, yeah, uh, Tony Anita Hall brought this in. This one was sent by Luther Fruche. Fruche. Yeah. Luther Fruche. Yes. Uh, 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 yes. Which sounds another, like a piece uh, of furniture that might be in Mrs. Culpepper's home. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, it's right over near uh, the Fruché. Yeah. Uh, make yourself comfortable here on the Fruché. Yeah, exactly. Put your feet up on the Fruché. Um, uh, so this is a sock puppet that yeah. uh, actual that sock Luther Fruché has made from an actual sock, and it, and it sports. She sports the famous uh, ruby satin dress that yes, she's yes, so it's proud a, it's of. A very very nice ruby satin dress. Now um, uh, we have to get to this next item, and it's it's gotten more complicated in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, um, but we got well, we got. Katie this. Heffernan sent me a box of homemade butterfingers, and frankly, I've been afraid to try one. It does look, however, just to look at them. Yeah, um, like I'll she used right a candy thermometer. Yeah, it, look, uh, it looks like the candy bar. Now, di- different the- from what my manager Bonnie Burns did when she made hers. Right, she just bought a thermometer, and it turned out to be like, like a, a rectal thermometer. Or yeah, something. it was like it was the yeah. old kind with with yeah. uh, mercury in it. Yeah, it ca- came with a tube of Vaseline. Um, yeah, and it cried when now, you put it in. No, but but here here's what happened. Just during our break, yeah, you know, right between uh, our, our, our wonderful guests' appearance and, I had to and now, I used the bathroom, so we stopped the bathroom. Tape for While a you're in the bathroom, um, Bonnie is looking at these 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 homemade butterfingers, right? And Tony says, Tony Anita Hall, our, our responsible producer, says to Bonnie, "Oh no no no, Bonnie, don't eat that now because we're going to try it on air, right? Because we're taping a show." Uh huh. And Bonnie said, "Okay, I won't." And then and seconds then- later, for God knows what reason, Bonnie was like, "Well." I'm going to eat it now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so her reaction, which was genuinely priceless. Yeah. Oh, and, man. And I wish you could have seen the look was, on her face. It was captured off mic while we weren't recording. Oh, my God. And I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know why you did it. But, let, let, you know, in the interest of, of, of probity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, here's the thing. I've never been a fan of the homemade Butterfinger idea. Okay. Bonnie said that she would try again to make them, and I kept saying, no, don't, because whatever was in the original Butterfinger yeah. was was some sort of commercially obtained chemical, chemical shit recipe. that's yeah. not good for you that you can't just buy well, at the Vons. I'll let you know that these this uh, right. Katie so, Heffernan recipe... Yeah, Adam is about to I'm about sample. to try it, but Bonnie's reaction was not positive. Well, in fact, uh, <laughs> we had to move uh, Mo, my dog, who can track roaches. We had to move him away from the trash can where Bonnie had spit out. Yeah. Not, not only that, not 
only that, it, it, Bonnie, as you pointed out, just untrained your dog Mo. Right. Because she, because Mo observed Tony Nita Hull saying, "Bonnie, don't eat that." Right. And Bonnie popping it into her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> And, and then we said to the dog, uh, you know, don't, you know, because the dog was hovering near the trash can. We said, no, don't eat that. She said to herself, so so I eat it then, because right. that's what Captain Crinkle did. Do you, you, you want to try one of these? Or? I don't. I'm, you know, right, I'm going to go I'll ahead and you, try one it. One of my concerns, and I don't know Katie Heffernan. I'll bet she's great. Okay. But, you know, these could be laced with something. Yeah. <laughs> right, so don't send us any homemade candies anymore. Now, um. Hmm. Yeah, Adam has a pensive look on his face, yeah. I would say. I'm tripping balls right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, I've seen trails. I, yeah, yeah, when I move yeah. my hand. Oh, yeah, you, oh, yeah, wow. No, I would say... Um, He's in a wormhole uh, right now. No, Nobody send us any more of these, because we won't eat candy that you randomly send us. But um, We Kate, did. In fact, five of us in the room sampled it. Yeah, we could all be dead by morning. It, it frightens me to think I'm the only one in the room with the sense not to put it in my mouth. No. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm not known for my it caution. Is, it is possible that Katie sent this by I'm the only very... skydiver in the room. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to say it's possible that Katie might have sent this by slow mail. What? You think it's a little stale? It doesn't taste real fresh. Um, but but I, I would say Bonnie said it, hers was better. That is no. 100% not true. Yeah. Bonnie. I'm going to finish this. Bonnie said And I that set the myself one... on fire to avoid finishing Bonnie's. Yeah. Yeah. Adam did. He popped the last uh, bite of it in his yeah, mouth. It's, it's, a little, it's a little dry. It's a little dry. See, I just think that it just can't be. Re- the nougat cannot be recreated. Partially because it's not nougat. Uh, uh, Adam, uh, 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 do you hear that phone ringing? The phone's for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, answer the phone, Adam. Hello? Uh, yeah, hey, Adam. Uh, it's me, uh, Mac Lapier. My friends call me Mac and Cheese because I'm from Wisconsin. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, you know, Miss Poundstone is so obviously right about the nougat. Why would you question that? Can I ask you something, Adam? Can I ask you something? Yeah, Mac. Do you walk with the Lord? I do not walk with the Lord, Mac. Well, that could be a problem because you're not walking with the Lord. That can uh, create a, an unhappiness. Did you There's go to the same nougat. accent school that that I that French? I slipped a little bit into a Boston accent. Yeah, I noticed that. Second. Are you originally from yeah. Boston, Mac? I traveled a lot. Uh, I spent some time in Boston, but okay. uh, no, I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, uh, my friends call me Mac and Cheese. Doesn't no, bother me. No, I got me. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. Well, that's good, Mac. But if you uh, walk with the Lord, then I'd understand that nougat is in it's fact nougat. it's nougat. Yeah. It's not nougat, Mac. Uh, it's nougat. It's uh, a cr- it's a crunchy peanut butter substance. Ah. Uh, you know what? I took the time to call you. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because yeah. we don't have this show is not live. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know cost, how you'd be calling in. Costing me money. Uh, so uh, all right, look, I, I I tried to help you. I don't know what to do with them. Thank uh, you, Miss Miss Poundstone's obviously right. Uh, all right, see you, Adam Filber. Nice talking to you, Mac and Cheese. Um, all right, and is that all the items that were sent to us? Wait a minute, answer the phone, Adam. Really? Is it ringing again? Paula? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Again. Oh yeah, we, uh, we yeah. were just talking. Yeah, you know, I gotta I, say this this Butterfinger thing has a terrible aftertaste. Yeah, so. I, <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie's in the background going, "Told you." Yeah, you know why? Because it has I'm no not gonna have nougat. Another one. It's got no, no nougat. Ne- neither was good. Yeah. I mean, Kate, but Katie, thanks for trying. I think if you walk with the Lord, Adam. I, uh, all right, I gotta go. Wait, what was that about? Nothing. <laughs> it was weird that that listener called back and had nothing to say. It's really odd. Um, I'm just going to go ahead with the show. Sure. 
Anything else from our listeners that we have? Uh, I'm sure we do. Oh, Scott Franciscus just sent me a big fucking bag of cash. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> that is fantastic. No Thank you so much. No way did that happen. Oh, yeah. Scott, Scott, Scott Franciscus is our, is our imaginary benefactor. Benefactor. He's not imaginary. Well, he's a real person. He's yeah. just not sending us money. Oh, he sent me a big old bag of cash. I Anyhow. hope he wasn't. I hope I didn't have to divide that among the producers. Yeah, you're uh, supposed to, I would think. Um, All right, well, you know what? Uh, let's go through the mailbag. Adam. Uh, Eric, can I have some mailbag music? Mailbag. Okay, now going to our mailbag, we have so many positive and lovely thoughts. I mean, the, the vast majority, the ratio is amazing. People are, they're nice, they're sweet. There are a few complaints. And we huh. thought, you know, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Because if somebody wants something changed on our show or has something negative to say, you know, we want to address it. Yeah. Yeah, we want to address it. So here's one. Um, I'll read it. Apparently, it's, a, it's, it's for me. Yeah. Uh, subject, Dear Adam, from Gabriel Deo Connell. Deo. And he writes, Graduation is not the best Kanye album. You know nothing. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. Wow. So he's a writer. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I did, a, I did. That is layered. You know what I it's, feel about? It's got one it's, layer. It's layered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if one, if one counts as layered, yes. Yeah. It's I, I, layered. I'll say this. You know what? Um, I frequently would choose um, uh, late registration, the previous album, or uh, from two years earlier, um, from Kanye West as my favorite Kanye album. But you know, I also love Graduation. I think it's a good record. Um, probably not going to go fuck myself. Huh. Well, it's your loss. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for writing in. Um, I, I do I do think Graduation is an underrated album, but, uh, you know, we're not a music cr- critic show. Exactly. I, named a, I name checked now. By the way, I, Anthony Alfaro, I think he said that that's his favorite Kanye album. It is his favorite Kanye album. Well, you know what you're going to be doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Anthony Alfaro went to music school. Anyway, uh, here's one that's a little more temperate. Uh, Okay, it's from Normal Person. The subject is From Delightful to Trainwreck. Hi. Uh Uh-oh. I normally love Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I even look forward to Monday mornings. But this week's show took me three days to finish, and I finally just had to turn it off. Bonnie's iTunes story was not entertaining in the least. (laughs) And letting everyone shout over each other is no way to run a podcast. Please keep Captain Crinkle in the background. Disgruntledly yours, Norma in San Francisco. Huh. Now, that riles me up a little bit. Oh, riles me up. Just for that. Bonnie, do you want to come in here and, uh, and, and, and respond to this? Come on up to the microphone, Bonnie Burns, and explain you know, succinctly, if you don't mind, um, why, this, is why just, this is a hurtful email. I'm just throwing this out there, but yeah. I have a feeling that Norma didn't understand it. Bonnie, can you explain yeah, Bonnie, again Bonnie, how Bonnie, you got... I, I think I, I, Captain Crinkle, everybody. Don't do that with the good potato chips. Oh, what's your problem? Yeah, you know, I think what Norma's not realizing is that the tracks were mislabeled. Yeah, (laughs) and I think the thing is, when we had Bonnie on to explain it, and we didn't let her finish, and there there was a lot of people complaining that I interrupted her. So, Bonnie, let's review. What happened with that first time with the tracks? I'm in shock that you invited me up here, Adam. (laughs) We Uh, invited you up here. He he invited me up here. Over the microphone. She had to climb the lofty peak of the podcast. Well, she was trying. She was trying to get to the microphone at the beginning of the segment. I was like, a foot away in a chair. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. so sick from those Butterfingers. You hated that Butterfinger. You hated, uh, what's her name? Wow, Butterfinger. boy. Katie Hefferman. So I wonder if Norma is still going to listen then, or yeah. if that was just well, it. Well, if Norma, she... I think I think you, you're right, Paula. What Norma didn't understand is what Bonnie went through to try to post that thing on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it took Norma three days to finish it, but it took you, Bonnie, how long to get it up on iTunes? You know, the tracks were mislabeled. <laughs> you know, the tracks, the were, tracks mislabeled. were mislabeled. Yeah. And that created, uh, how long did it take to put it up on iTunes? Um, well, okay, well, you never let me finish explaining. <laughs> In no way were you going to get wait. an answer to this question. She asked you how many days. How many days? Immediately no, no, no. the bulbiation began. you never let began. me finish explaining was, I got it up, and that's when I realized that, that I the, had tracks the, the, the tracks were mislabeled. The tracks were mislabeled, and I had the wrong Norma song Norma is fucking <laughs> steaming right now. <laughs> and so I had to Norma's read. driving on a commute. She's like flipping people off in her car. <laughs> I had to read driving and figure out. If Norma gets pulled over, she's going to play this for the cop. You're free to go, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So I had to read and figure out if I pulled it down, yeah, would they not let me put your song back up again, which would have uh, been terrible, the right? The song, Not My Butterfinger. Right, yeah, sure. Okay. That's so, great. Sweeping the nation. So then I had to read that and yeah. then pull it down yeah and then figure out how to get the right tracks get the right tracks and put it back up again that, you know that website wow that's it that's it <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that was an actual explanation do you know that website calm that has sounds that you fall asleep to like you know rain or blowing leaves or maybe just a story yeah um we should submit Bonnie's uh, explanation of the of posting on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, and it just it could just go on for days and days, and people could just <laughs> you know they drift off hearing. And then I tried to put it up, and then I took it down, and then well, you the have to understand the tracks were mislabeled. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I do love that Bonnie felt like she never got that point across. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's exactly what was Captain missing Crankle, from everybody. It. Speaking uh, of captains, Paula, you want to read the next one? Uh, we got a complaint from a. Well, Bonnie, why don't you sit in for the rest of the segment? What could possibly go wrong? I don't, I'm uh, be quiet. We, uh, <laughs> oh, Bonnie's going to be quiet at the microphone. Uh huh. Uh, we got a complaint about Mrs. Culpepper. About Mrs. Culpepper? Yeah, about Mrs. Culpepper. Here's what uh, nobody wrote. Uh, subject: Mrs. Culpepper. Yes. Uh, <laughs> From Jesse. Well, Jesse, I'm so happy to receive your message. Ha! Trying to say this as respectfully as possible, owing to Mrs. Culpepper's age and breeding, but can someone please, please, please put a muzzle on the lady or at least have a start-stop warning signal to help protect us from Culpepper moments. Egad. This is a calumny. <laughs> it is a, I don't a even vile calumny. It's a I guess vile calumny. I don't recall the meaning of the word, but I'm certain that it applies in this. Now, I love pretty much everything about your podcast and parlor, but clearly Mrs. Culpepper <laughs> is a damaged spirit who at any given moment may jump in and occupy poor unsuspecting Paula's body and mind. I am deeply concerned, not just for our ears, but for Paula as well. Will there come a time where Mrs. Culpepper and perhaps a few cowering balloon animals are all that remain? <laughs> Thank you for any help you can provide. Jess. Oh, dear. Well, Mrs. Culpepper, I... Well, Jess, I'm... let me just say this. When Adam takes a moment out from fucking himself... <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps he can address you. Uh, I'm shocked. 
I'm shocked. I, 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 Damaged I, spirit that I, I, occupies Paula's I body. I consider myself a pleasant addition to well, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Well, the, the damage is, is quite clear, though. I mean, yeah. um, I, you know, uh, I, I, ever since your husband left you, I mean, it seems like you... Well, he didn't leave, oh, Adam. He didn't? No, he was quite attached to me. Oh, okay. He was, uh, uh, we were very much in love, Adam Felber. Uh, do, do you like my sateen dress? I do. It's, it's a, a really ruby sateen dress. dress. You know, it, it strikes me that we've uh, we fielded a bunch of complaints from our from our listeners and 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 denied them all and made things worse in, in each and every case. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to me, this Jessie is just an unhappy character. Uh, perhaps <laughs> she was not raised right. That's, That's a possibility. Quite, uh, she was not raised in, uh, in all probity. Uh, I would. <laughs> Have to say that my thought on Jesse is that she was not raised properly. That quite that could be true. And Jesse, um, you might have written this a little while ago. Um, now I bet now that you've met French Trump, you're grateful for Mrs. Carpenter. I, I did not have a meltdown. Jesse had a meltdown. <laughs> quite possible that you're both having meltdowns. All right. Um, wow. So that's our mailbag. Mailbag theme. All right. Now, Paula, you're always on the road. Where are you going to be next? I hate self-promotion. I know you do. I know you do. You know what? Let's not do it. Let's move on. I'm going to be in Alexandria, Virginia <laughs> at the Birchmere Music Hall on November 15th, 16th, and 17th. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. And on New Year's Eve, I'll be in San Francisco at the Sydney Goldstein Theater, formerly the Norse. Okay. Your complete touring schedule is available at paulapoundstone.com, and you can email us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Any complaints that you have, we promise to make them worse. You could win a bar of hotel soap autographed by Paula Poundstone. You know, but and, Adam, Adam, yes. that's fresh hotel soap. You can win a bar of fresh hotel soap. Yeah, so okay. important to use that Still adjective. Still think it's implied. And if you have a theme song entry for us or a short description of our show, you may email it to the same address. That's nobody listens to Ball of Poundstone at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this thing. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 10 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter 
by accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. On this day in unremarkable history, Miles Standish said, I moved to the New World because Kilometers Standish sounded awful. Welcome back, all you nobodies, and uh, thanks Fuck once again to HelloFresh. <laughs> thanks again to HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone9 and enter Poundstone9. That's for nine free meals with HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone9 and entering Poundstone9. Paula, we're at that part of the show. Oh, this is my favorite part of the show. You know why? Why? Because, Adam, I have good news. What is that? As you know, in order to keep making Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, which we love doing, we have to we do. increase the size of our listening audience. You are also aware that the best way to do that is for our listeners to tell their friends and loved ones. Word of mouth is essential that they enjoy listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Absolutely the comedy true. podcast. Unfortunately, as you are also painfully aware, sometimes people find that an awkward conversation. I am not so, aware of that particular thing because I do not think it's a fact. So for the last few it's weeks. It's not like we're a dirty podcast. I have or so didn't a listener give you an assignment. So for oh. the last few weeks. Wow. I have suggested some simple sample dialogue we that listeners can use to smooth that friction. Yes. Here's the good news, Adam. Listeners have been telling me that they have been able to use the simple sample dialogues. Have they? Someone just told me that they are planning on using a recent simple sample dialogue when they visit a museum this weekend. And of course, we heard from a listener who fell into a well and was able to listen to a downloaded episode of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast. I feel like that might not be true. I think it was. So inspired by this good news... Here is this week's suggestion of a simple, sample dialogue to spread the word about our show. Listener, just climb on into this cart, make yourself comfortable, and I'll take the reins. It starts a little slow. Get up there, sugar, sugar. Okay. Listener's friend, so you dangle that sugar in front of them? Listener, that's right, get up there, get up there, sugar, sugar. That's how I steer them. Listener's friend, well, this is amazing. There's going to be a million ants pulling this cart. How do you do it? Oh, for God's sake. Listener, number 378,421, stay in line. The hardest part is making the harness. Get up there, sugar, sugar. Come on, guys, where are you going? Shit, a picnic. It's hard to steer them when they find a picnic. Get up there, yeah, yeah, sugar, why sugar. Do we, why do we need Listener's do this? friend. Whoa, that was close. They almost pulled us down that embankment. Whatever gave you the idea to make an ant-drawn cart? God damn it. Listener, well, I've never felt comfortable telling you this. See, Adam? I stand corrected. I am a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listener. It's a comedy podcast. Listener's friend, they teach you how to make an ant cart on that show? Listener, no, but you do learn a lot from listening. Sloths don't like to be moved. It's such a funny show. I laugh so much. It just leaves me feeling light, sharp, and very creative. Oh, my God, an ice cream truck. Hold on. Listener's friend, they're chasing the ice cream truck. The wheels are going to come off. How are you going to stop them? Listener, I hate to do it, but... Listener's friend, are you spraying them? Listener, no, I just make the noise. It scares the shit out of them. (laughs) 
listeners, friend. I'm going to go step out for a Thank minute. Thank goodness they're slowing down. This is fantastic. If nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast inspires you this much, I'm going to listen too. See, Adam? Yeah, Paula. Um... <laughs> I feel like in the past few weeks we'd actually we'd actually made progress on the on these things and that like, yeah it's really yeah. increasing the numbers well it, well it hasn't been increasing the numbers but <laughs> but you, you you the last few have been somewhat plausible scenarios yeah like a, a person on tour at a museum might you know yell for everybody to, to listen to the weight of ants in the whole world is more than the weight of human beings in the whole world. There are tons of ants. This is a totally plausible scenario. The biomass you know, of ants is not the issue here. It is the feasibility. There are tons of ants. It makes sense to harness them and have them as opposed to fossil fuels. This could be the answer. Okay, there's a lot and of reasons why this is not the answer. Big fucking roach in my bedroom last night and my dog can hunt them. Yeah, but I guess my point is until the day point, comes Adam? when we harness the, the power of ants to pull cards. Adam, the phone's ringing. Get the phone. Oh, God. Hello? Uh, hi, Adam. This is uh, Mac uh, Lapierre. Uh, my friends call me Mac and Cheese. Why, why are you arguing with uh, Miss Poundstone? She's obviously, she's obviously right. About what, Mac? Uh, about the ants. How about do you know ants? about the ants? We're not a live podcast. Uh, you know, uh, do, 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 do you walk? Do you, do, do you walk with the Lord? Cause I, I don't, Mac. But yeah, but but do you spy on, a, on our show? Fellow, I enjoy that. I love the show. I use the simple. I use the simple sample dialogue. Oh yeah, what do you? Which simple sample dialogue do you use most recently, Mac? Uh, I I have an ant cart. I'm calling bullshit on you, Mac Larpierre. Uh, you, you know, uh, there is a way you can time travel, Adam. Adam I, I, yes, Gilbert. we did talk to yeah. our guest about I, that. You know, I, I would like, love to. I love our guest to uh, to to speak on the feasibility of ant-based transportation because I think that no matter how big the mile the biomass, ants are still really slow relative to the uh, to the speed that humans need to move at. Am I right about that? I'm getting a, a he's kind gone, of a, Adam. He's not he's gone. gone. He's right over there in the corner. <laughs> you whack with the Lord. I don't, Mac. Mac, I'm hanging up. Oh, he's gone. Hey, nobody's. Remember, our email address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail. Hello. <laughs> How are you still there, Mac? Hey, uh, Adam Filbert, it's me, uh, Mac uh, Lapierre. Yeah. Uh, my friends call me Mac and Cheese. It I doesn't know. bother me at all. Why would it? From, from Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta go, Adam. I gotta. You go. called back to say you gotta go. I, I gotta go. My, I let my ants are running all over Nobody the place. Nobody believes I you, need Mac. To harness them to the cart. All right, our address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh my God! And you can find my my remarkably soft Tri Poly Blend T-shirt with the self-portrait on the left breast and the memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. You know, and that's interesting. And I'd like to say to our to our brand new science officer that um, we've invented a substance here on this show, much like much like uh, your Dysonium. We've invented Tripoly Blend, a no, completely a fictitious fabric. It's not fictitious at all. No, it's, 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 Adam, there's someone on the phone for you. I'm not going to answer the phone. I put it on silent mode. I'm so. going to have to leave him a message. <laughs> How are we hearing Mac leaving a message? Anyway, it's 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 a tri blend. It's you not a tri poly blend. If you it, walk it, with the Lord, I don't think you'd be so angry. I'm not gonna walk with the Lord. This is our. Show. <laughs>
That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie, Captain Crinkle Burns. Thanks for sitting in, Bonnie. Ken Lezebnik and Tony Nita Hall. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, returning champion Eric Calver. Woo! And... Thanks to our fantastic guest, Andre Bormanis. Very nice. Security muscle is provided by Tyler Knives Burke. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Oh, yeah. Try Polly. Still not a thing. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. Whew. Hey, there's my phone. Adam. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.